0: The following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Hammer time. Are you a homeowner who is dangerous with tools? (laughs)
1: Oh, yes, it's Saturday morning once again, and it's time for Image Home Improvement Live right here on Star Worldwide Networks, and we'd like to welcome all of you to the show today, uh, and all our all our listeners throughout the country are, God, Dan, they're experiencing things <laughs> from rain to snow. <laughs> to fire, to too. A, a you know,
2: whether Whether you're a fire or ice, we welcome you all. <laughs> and we're
3: not talking about the hot air from your spouse, either. Oh,
2: oh. <laughs> Non-conforming off-gassing. Wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute, Dan, Dan. I I I know where she's coming from today. Just with Do that you? one statement. Okay, so you just uh, males. I'm, I'm, we're not, ma- beware. I'm not married. Beware. <laughs> what? I'm not married. I know. You, so. I know. You mean the non-conforming
2: off-gassing that comes from the male body. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's got a point. I wasn't <laughs> see that. See that? All right. I wasn't even thinking that. Good one, Dan. <laughs> that was
1: good, Dan. All right, Chuck went up for Dan. Okay, and uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. And if you've just found us, uh, we want to thank you. We're going to give you an entertaining entertaining and informational hour on uh, certain things that you need to know about. And a lot of the public out there, and Dan, you know, you see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, investors and and people doing flips. And, you know, I think one of the things that I found... um, Uh, interesting talking to uh, a first-time investor going to their home that they want to buy, and they are so excited. I mean, it's unbelievable. They're so excited, and they've got this vision and that vision, and they want to do this, and they want to do that, and, like, the first thing I asked them, I said i like, you know, I don't want to burst their bubble like you do when you find something <laughs> I wrong. no problem with yeah, that. Yeah, you burst their bubble all the time. No <laughs> sweat, yeah. Yeah, but they turn around <laughs> and, they, and they ask them, I said, now, wait a minute, first of all, let's take a time out here. What are the comps in the area? Okay. And he tells me what the comps in the area are. I said, okay, what did you buy the house for? And he tells you what kind you bought the house for. I'm like, okay, so now you just ran off a whole bunch of things, okay? Are these things typical in the homes that you got the comps for? Not to mention, you've got two kinds of comps. You've got homes that weren't renovated and homes that have been renovated. So you've got you've to find a balance in between there somewhere. So, you know, you've got to go back and, and, and figure it out. So, But, you know, I don't, want, but I don't want to burst their bubble because they want to do all these wonderful things. But that's a telltale sign of an investor who's just getting started and is still tied up in the emotional aspect of doing a house the way they like it not the way it needs to be to fit the neighborhood and make the dollar and make the sale and make the sale. So they want to keep putting all this money in. I'm like, do you have any idea what you just described to me is going to cost? And then I ask them how much is in the budget. And that, then then comes the big the big downer <laughs> when I tell them I'm like, you know, you're way over budget. You can't do that. You got to go back and do um you know uh, an intelligent estimate to match what the neighborhood is. It's not what you know Joe wants. And uh, unless, of course, you're going to live in it. I mean, that's a different story. But if you're going to flip it, you need to do it. But then you get into all these other things of, okay, well, wait a minute. See, now I've hit them with a dose of reality. And then you want to turn around and say, okay, gee. How can I cut corners? Well, see, this is going to be the topic of our one of the topics of our discussion today with our guest Jim Eckley from Eckley and Associates. And Jim, we want to welcome you to the show again. Great to have you on board Thank again. Thank you very much. You Glad know, to be back. Always a great time when Jim is here. You know, talking about you know um, doses of reality. Right? Mistakes. Yeah,
4: well, lawyers have a tendency to be a real dose of reality, that's for Mm. sure. (laughs) And and you know, you were talking about evaluating a property as to whether it should be expanded to their standards, i.e., gilding the lily, and that Mm. they should think that out about whether that's going to produce any value that's going to be marketable again, since that would then put them way past the local uh, mean average uh, sale price. Well, it kind of goes like that in law, too. People come in, they're upset, something's happened to them, typically, and they say, I want to go to the Supreme Court. I want to file against everybody within a 50 mile radius. I'm mad. And you say, Look, if, see if you tell them, Well, I don't think that's a good idea, then they'll be mad at you and think you're part of the conspiracy. So you say, <laughs> "You say, Okay, not a problem. Leave 50 grand with the secretary down to, to below on, on your way out, on your way and we'll get started tomorrow. And they go, well, well, 50? Yeah. Well, what could $500 buy me? Oh, a nasty letter. Oh, go, ah, that would be good enough for me. So <laughs> yeah. sometimes it takes the process to, you yeah. know, bring reality back well, to sometimes, the
1: table. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, just as a quick note, you know, sometimes those letters are just enough to know to let them know and send a signal that you're serious and you better get this thing straightened out or otherwise it's going to get even more serious. You know, and sometimes it works. Other times they'll turn around and, and they'll just
4: blow it off. Yep. I'm afraid a legal letterhead is something that can always be matched with somebody else's legal letterhead. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just, just having that letterhead does not strike fear into the hearts of the evil anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. In fact, they just take it to the lawyers they have on retainer permanently and hand it to them because otherwise <laughs> they'd be sitting he, there yeah, getting here, paid to do nothing. It. Yeah, deal with it. Pretty oh, much. oh my God. So it better terrible. be a real issue and it better be worth pursuing. And then that that is the key.
1: Yeah. So... But uh, anyway, one of the things that we want to talk about today, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, seven most missed red flags, and then pertaining to a lot of different things that uh, happened with your home. And you know, uh, again, you know, we've just gone through. You know, as you say, every week it seems like we're going through another phase of bad weather, depending on what part of the country we're in. And you know, this past week we got hit. You know, in the in the Phoenix uh, Scottsdale area, we got hit with. Lots of rain, Thursday and Friday, and um, again, there are issues, there are, you know, the the roofers are going crazy again, because I talked to a lot of them already about, hey, you know, how's your workload? Oh, we're, oh, we're backed up, you know, and yet, you know, three, four months ago, you know, when it was still warm out, you know, they were, you know, they were dying on the vine. Because they had nothing to go estimate, because there was no water. They were doing
2: landscaping. <laughs> well, yeah, they were doing yeah, landscaping.
1: Right. <laughs> but I told you, don't let your real estate agent do your landscaping. That's another one. You know, don't do that. But um, seriously, uh, you get and Jim, you brought this up last time when we were talking about, uh, you know, the, all these rains have generated a lot of issues in a lot of places that have expansive soil, yep. and I think some of these flippers, they don't, you know, they they just ignore it, I don't know why, but you know, if they see something wrong inside, you know, in cracks inside the house, the first thing they wanna do, again, is get an evaluation, and then they've gotta make a decision, okay, is it bad, and, you know, and it's, it's hard to tell if uh, a lot of times, of course, unless it, you know, the cracks are getting bigger over time, and the homeowner could tell you something, but if you get an empty house that's got cracks in the wall and cracks in the floor, you know how do you tell if it's finally settled or not? You know. And
4: oftentimes the bigger question is, how did somebody miss the, in the inspection uh, hmm. repaired cracks that have been concealed oh, rather than oh, yeah. actually oh, taking yeah. care well, those, of in a workmanship, like way?
3: Oh, oh Because yeah. they didn't hire Doctor Dan. That's,
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. If they
4: got Dan out there. We have some action yeah, on this thing. You know, really, I keep well,
1: telling people. I keep telling people. You know, you want to hire the best. Call Dr. Dan.
2: And you better get your pocketbook
1: out. Well, oh, time for that big fat uh, check. That's, that's I fair. love it.
4: But you know, paying him a few bucks as opposed to putting down $500,000 on a piece of property worth two hundred because of the damage that's been concealed. <laughs> that hurts. Uh, usually is a better deal. Yeah. And that is the big crisis. And unfortunately, the real estate community, the sales community at least, tends to encourage really lightning inspections and light-handed ones and inspectors who tend not to see issues. And most of the inspectors feel like they have to go by a hit list that's established by their Board of Technical Registration or in some other state's licensure or by professional associations that really don't have sanction with the state but Mm -hmm. are nonetheless the guiding associations. And those don't include looking for evidences of concealments. They look for obvious facial elements. It takes a special guy, a woman that really has their training, man or woman that knows how to do this, to look down a wall and say, you know what, I know that's painted and I see that the texture's all on it It looks generally even, but my eye detects a wow in that wall and right there, I see a texture change and I see a coloration change. It's modest, but she takes my eye to see it and I look right up above it and I see a similar issue right on the ceiling. Looks to me like we've had a roof leak. Now, what did they say on their disclosure? They said never leaked, never had a problem, never done anything. Okay, we got a lying seller. So now we better keep our eyes peeled. But you see that is a special kind of inspector. That's a, that's a Dr. Dan inspector. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there is a big difference between them, and yet they can all have the same license.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, a- again, it's like, and, you know, Dan, you know, when you go back through, I mean, people have talked about, you see some of these uh, things on television where they, they're citing the home inspector for missing something. I mean, it's like, it's almost like a profession that you really you don't, want to, don't want to even get close to. <laughs> you, have, you better be ready
2: to be good at it or, you know, just uh, take your marbles home. Right, because huh? if you're not willing to actually participate and be there for a few hours, not a few minutes, not a 45-minute, the dishwasher's still running and you're leaving, no. I've, I've heard too many of these guys, I'm at the uh, BTR and I do the enforcement board. I hear too many of them saying, oh, that only took me just under an hour. And then said, uh, what'd you do with the other coffee break?
4: Oh. Oh. (laughs) uh, Well, I would compare that to something as serious, say, as a heart ailment, and you're sitting there, you've just had a major operation, and you overhear the doctors talking out in the hallway, and the surgeon says, hell, it was fast. It only took me an hour to whip through that thing. And you're going, that's the operation I got? Oh, my God. And it costs $4 million? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a w- so one time so your, your, your home inspector has to be a little bit of a sleuth and that's has right. to look a little bit with jaundiced eyes at things that are held out as being real and and, uh, and in good tact and safe, and safe. He has ability to see, no, no, not really. I see some telltale <laughs> signs. That's not the case at all.
2: Yeah, that wall, um, <laughs> that uh, wall. Fence wall block just doesn't make it for the
4: garage wall. So what you're
3: saying is that your home inspector should be held accountable for doing the job he's supposed to be doing. But I also feel sorry for the home inspectors
4: because they're being set up too by the seller and sometimes the real estate licensees who darn well know that was an issue. See, many of these fix and flips, the licensee finds an investor, typically just someone who wants to invest and could be in real estate, stocks, bonds. Many times they don't care. They find an investor, encourage them to buy a house on which they take a commission for that needs fixing, and then they tell them they're going to help them fix it up. And the agent is usually deeply involved in the fix-up and knows very well what it looked like beforehand and also tends to know that there's unlicensed contractors that are being uh, engaged Mm -hmm. to do these repairs and that the repairs are not workmanship-like, and many of them need uh, permits and they don't get permits. So they're pretty well aware of that. And then they sit back quietly, hold hold their tongue, Allow the buyer to come in and see what looks to be a fairly attractive property. Uh, The buyer relies uh, essentially then on his licensee, find an inspector, many times his licensee who would like to see a commission out of this and no deal killed, will send him off to somebody who's weak uh, on this. (laughs) And maybe weak isn't even the right word. It could be something even worse, but that calls for chains and uh, stripes and and (laughs) things like that. But in any event, (laughs) that guy sees nothing and now you're in it. And so uh, the yeah. poor inspector comes out, everything has been done, it's all pretty, and, and he too is being set up for the big crisis because when that buyer buys it, it usually takes about a year or the first big rain, and all starts coming apart. Or the first fire, had one of those here about a week ago, uh, the first fire in the wall, they get somebody out there oh finally, and they, for the first time it's discovered that this, this house is an orphan uh, of any kind of people that had any skill put together and that it's been concealed. And That's the big one. Wow. It's the concealment that's the horrendous part of this whole issue. If it was honestly disclosed and someone said, yes, by the way, there was, there was a big crack and we had uh, Acme International Crack Service come out <laughs> and uh, thus they do have licenses and they got an insurance policy and they made the repair. And the inspector says, well, it looks like that repair is coming apart. Well, now at least you've got a full deck of cards. You know where it's at. Maybe the answer is Acme comes back and redoes the job. It's not the end of the deal but at least you know all the cards. You know how to play them, and you know what price to offer It's amazing. You've been watching a lot of Coyote and the Roadrunner lately? (laughs) No, uh, but I used to cite that all the time. I'd say that the industry reminded me of the wily Coyote who would be running after the Roadrunner, and he'd get to the edge of the cliff, and he'd keep on running. As long as he didn't notice there was a cliff, he didn't fall. (laughs) That's true. That's kind of like what we're seeing out there right now. Most of these fix and flips, and they really are a major part of the market right now, that's a fact. Uh, so, Steve, when you talk about them, you're talking about a third to 40% of the marketplace and in some places more. And so they're quite common. And it is rare that one is actually done with a licensed individual. And most people think that self-help doesn't require licensure, but it, in fact it really does. Uh, the Registrar Contractors has a statute. It says that if you go out and start working on a house and put your own labor into it with the idea that you're going to flip it, you're not going to live in it personally. Uh, and... Uh, Uh, you will will need a license for that, even just to do your own home. Uh, The very fact is you've turned it now into inventory. It's not something that's your own personal residence. And as inventory, it's going to have to meet the standards and and the same standards that anybody else would have to do if they're building a house to to sell it. And that means you need a license, and that's specifically spelled out in the statute. So a lot of these fix and Mm -hmm. flippers, their big problem is that they all needed a license, even including the agent, an ROC license because they were out there putting hands on it and making the big, big decisions, and those decisions were on uh, parts of it, components of it that required a license, and the very fact that they own it is not an exclusion. Somebody got that someplace from some state long ago and thought that, well, if you're doing your own property, it's an exclusion. They did keep one exclusion, if you're gonna live in it. So if you do it properly, uh, improperly, and the only person who's gonna get electrocuted or killed or burnt is going to be you, you, right? But not somebody else. So if you're grooming this to sell to somebody else, and you're never going to live in it, they're going to hold you to the same standard as a licensee, so you actually have to have an ROC GC contract to be able yep. to do that. None yeah. of them do.
1: Yeah, see, it's, it's amazing what, you, what we find out there. And, again, knowing what people try and you know, basically get away with because they're trying to cut a corner here, cut a corner there, because they only have so much. Not to mention that if they would have run their numbers properly – they would have seen, okay, well, we need to account for all this. And then maybe the numbers wouldn't have crunched for them to that buy this is, house. They, should, they shouldn't have bought right. it, you know, or maybe they, maybe it would, but they've got to take a little less profit. And if that's not advantageous to them, then you just, you have to know as an investor, if it doesn't crunch, walk away. You True. don't want to get involved with it because then you're only going to have a lot of, yeah, you know, like 90 days worth of grief, anxiety, no sleep, and you're not going to make what you want. Yeah, I think the test is if it doesn't pencil out
4: without the use of unlicensed people to do the work, which in itself is a crime in at least Arizona and probably about 45 or 60% of the state, some places it's punishable only by a fine. In Arizona, it's also punishable by imprisonment uh, if, if, if to use an unlicensed contractor. Well, if you pencil it with licensees and it doesn't pencil, then you better think about that in the price. If the only way it works is by committing a crime, by engaging unlicensed people to do the work, you're already in a red line. And that that means reconsider the whole deal and maybe turn your back and go someplace else. Yeah,
1: and you don't want to take the wrath of the ROC. You don't want to go there.
2: And and, and in that same light, an inspector goes out and they say, well, they had so-and-so fix it. Was he licensed? Yeah. And you get this uh, long silence.
5: Well, you see now <laughs> and no and answer
1: and here's a perfect example and then we're going I just want to make this point and then we're going to go to break um you know looking for a new house to become the next dubell compound okay we're talking about looking at homes and I'm getting you know listings to look at and stuff like that and the first thing I say to my realtor on a couple of my look and I see you know I've seen enough patios that have been converted into actual living space so when I see a couple of these and I meanwhile the inside could look Immaculate, but you could tell that the patio from the inside, from the roof line, and from the outside, that it was a patio that was, you know, that was converted. I'm like, okay, so the first thing I asked the realtor is, do you know if this was permitted? You know, and the only way to do it is you have to go back and check the tax records. And also, like Dan does, he does, he runs build faxes for me when we come across some of those homes, and they could tell if the Mm. permit was pulled. If the permit was pulled, then I know. It's good because the last thing I'm going to do is I don't care how good the inside looks. I'm not going to go buy a house with, a, with part of the house that wasn't permitted. Then if I buy it, now it's my problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going down that road. It's either going to be good or I'll just walk away.
2: Well, the good thing about pulling the build backs is you can say, oh, you did get a permit?
1: Show me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll show. And when you put, the city will show that it, a permit was pulled, inspections were done, and that it was finalized and has a green tag.
2: There's a difference, in some of the reports I've sent Steve is they pulled a permit,
4: but was never finalized. Right, they yeah. never finalized. I see a lot of that. Right. They
2: think they're so clever.
1: Oh, we pulled yeah, a permit. Now, here's a. I finalized, think.
4: folks, means that the uh, issuing building authority goes back out after the job is certified as complete, hmm. looks at it to make sure it does meet specifications and codes, and then signs off and issues a green tag.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like read down the whole tag when you're
4: when you pull up something from the city. Right. So just the yeah. fact that you find a permit lodged someplace doesn't mean that they went all the way through the process. And those permits typically expire six months to one year afterwards. You may even have to go back and apply all over again.
2: Yeah, and, ha- and have things
4: torn out. Yeah. yeah. All <laughs> right. And if it was for plumbing, you may have to tear walls out in order <laughs> so they have access to even
1: look and see what is done. I've got i I've got a good little story to share with you when we come back from break and we're here with Jim Eckley from Eckley and Associates and learning the legal side of doing your fix and flips. So don't go away. You'll be right back. And you're listening to Image Home Improvement Live.
0: Thinking about remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Confused about which company to choose to supply and fabricate your new countertop? Let me make that choice simple for you. Papagno's Marble and Granite, a family-owned business and experts in their field, installing many types of products such as granite, marble, onyx, travertine, silestone, and much, much more. Their personalized service will help make sure that you have the right material choice for your next remodel. Their high-tech fabrication equipment on-site will expedite the delivery and installation of your countertop. Give Papagno's a call today, 480-948-4282, or check them out on the web at papagno's.com. Are you
1: tired of the runaround from your heating and air conditioning company? Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, and I'd like to tell you about a company I respect and trust. The pros at Quality Systems Air Conditioning and Refrigeration. They are the Valley's premier heating and air conditioning service company. Each and every professional at Quality Systems goes through a stringent training process of continuing industry education. Larry Thompson, the owner of Quality Systems, and his staff exemplify the meaning of integrity and honesty. Quality Systems is a licensed, bonded, and insured company for your protection. When I have a heating and air conditioning need, I call the pros at Quality Systems. Why wait? Call the pros at Quality Systems right now, 480-247-7654, or find them on the web at qualitysystemsac.com.
2: Celebrity Voice Impersonated? Hi, this is your former president. I told my Arkansas girlfriend she was painting her
4: eyebrows too high. She looked surprised. Have you ever started a project on your home by yourself and it turned out worse than my presidency? Sometimes you need to call in a professional, especially when that professional is affordable and can fix everything. Call Image Home Improvement 623-580-0901 or log on to imagehomeimprovement.com Improvement.com. Let the pros make everything look beautiful. Call Image Home Improvement or log on to imagehomeimprovement.com Improvement.com. I thought a hot tub was a stolen bathroom fix.
0: I'm Krista Garen from HDTV's Flip It to Win It. If you're purchasing a home to live in or to flip, you need to know everything about it. Get to know your home through the professionals on Image Home Improvement Live every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. on Star Worldwide Networks.
1: Woo-hoo! All right. All right, you're welcome back. Homer's happy. Homer's here. You know why he's so happy? Because he got donuts. Well, he got donuts. No, 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 he's got got cookies. Cookies Cookies in the conference room. Yes. Cookies. From Namaste, one (laughs) of our studio
3: sponsors, yes. There you
1: go. No, I had those last year. They were fabulous.
3: Uh, They got like, I don't know, so many flavors. Which one which one did you eat? I had
1: the one, let's see, it says uh I don't know, it was the chocolate one with the powdered sugar on top.
3: Oh, okay. Well I had yeah. chocolate chip and that I was trying to eat the banana one okay. earlier with brown sugar. Okay. Man, those things are ugh.
1: Oh, I know they're good. Well, you know, this is the time. You go you go to the store, they got all those tins like with a thousand cookies in it. Cookies. You know, I had I had my mechanic last year, he said I saw him just before Christmas. He said, and it was like three quarters still full. He says, Steve, you like take it. Take it. I don't want to, you know, because all you do is that you're there all day working and you obviously, you just keep grabbing them. That's it. And before you know it, you just, you know. You know what I like instead of cookies? What?
3: Chocolate covered toffee.
1: Oh, Oh. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Toffee's good. Duffy brings back
3: some really good toffee from California. So it's
1: like. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's times, you know, we're getting close to Christmas. We're like three weeks away. And do I believe, do I believe we said that? Three weeks before Christmas?
3: Yeah, and we're talking about legal matters and home repairs and flipping.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, talk about, it. and by the way, we want to let everybody know Dave is in, Dave, Dan is in full swing. With his vehicle, with his uh, sock. Yes. Oh, you yes, yes. What did you do, take the take the bat wings and put a sock over it and put no, it on no. your car? No, no,
2: those are elf
1: ears. That was oh, the, God.
2: That, no, because my granddaughter had a recital and she played, you know, she was a tap, tap dancing elf, so I figured, hey, I'd get some elf ears for my granddaughter.
3: Aw.
2: And she loved it when we took her to the recital. It did.
1: Yeah, but you got to remember. If you you got to remember the grandpa effect. Well, I know that, but when you go out and do an inspection, you got to to take them off no you don't yes you don't you got to. you have to look professional okay grinchy he
3: can be professionally dressed but that's kind of something to brighten everybody's spirits because you got oh god here comes the home inspector now what
5: Oh, so
3: he can, he can come like Santa Claus. He can be driving in his little no, sleigh with the elves. No, If he's going
1: to meet a realtor going for an inspection, he's going to come look like the Grinch because he's going to find something wrong with the house. Well, you start
2: him out laughing and leave him crying, you know? <laughs>
4: that sounds a little bit like the legal business. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. On <laughs> <laughs> our front door, we have a skull and crossbones.
1: <laughs> I love that. All right, we're here with Jim Eckley from Eckley to associates we're talking about some those 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 flippers who do bad things and uh not get their homes you know redone the correct way i mean and that's the one thing that you've got to try Make you know i see this stuff all the time and i'm sure dan does too you know how many times a, a day when we see these things dan do you turn around and say what the hell were they thinking
2: that's right and then st- here's the hard part yeah. is for the not so good inspectors the house does complete and then there, what's the time and distance for a time of discovery, uh, Jim? Uh, four years. Yeah. They wow. can actually
4: go out four years and still have a cause of action. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, so the only
1: way you can get away is if you leave the country. Yeah, it's, the, it's the longest
4: <laughs> one of all of them. See, I often wondered how that statute got passed. That was one I didn't know about until it did. I think it was put on as a tailor, uh, and that's speaking strictly about Arizona. In most states, it's two years for those of right. you who are out of state. Uh, in Arizona, and it had actually been extended to four, and uh, I discovered that statute merely by going through the digest, which Mm -hmm. makes it the longest one, because for real estate licensee malpractice, it's two years. For an action against a seller, in most cases, it's between four and six years. Action against a builder can be very short. Uh, uh, It's been shortened by statute, but in most cases, it's two years, but if you, for some reason, can't find it, it is so discreet, such as A foundation issue that only shows up six years later which is very possible and foundations are supposed to be designed for a 30 to 40 year event life expectancy and you find it in the sixth year in Arizona at least that can give you up to nine years total from the date it was built so you may have three years left to do anything about it well so that's that's that has happened because of course most building issues that are really really big are kind of discreet because these are ones that come out of the ground most of the sticks on top, easier to work with. But when you're talking about something put in the ground on which it all sits, most, proper, most uh, structures of a 2,400 square feet somewhere in the na- weigh somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 to 120 tons. When you put all that down on that foundation, it may take a while, but it may very well show up later. So it's right that it is a longer statute. Yeah. But as for inspectors, I, I really think they got the short end of the deal, which is why I try to encourage What's new? inspectors, you know, <laughs> charge more. And take more time. Uh, Dan's a good example of what they ought to be. And unfortunately, (laughs) uh, there are a lot of them that just don't feel that way about their jobs and uh, maybe uh, some that don't feel like they can offend a real estate licensee by finding issues that sends them all of their work and that that licensee may then after that not send them any work so it's going to starve them to death. That actually happens. You can end up with black balls in this industry. So it's really tough for an inspector. They live a rough life for what they earn. And the good guys really have to stick their heads in a lot of lion's mouths, and they do. Dan's mm-hmm. a good example of one who does.
2: Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, and look I, at the scars. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm mutually unloved in a, little, a lot of places.
4: <laughs> yeah. See, that's why he looks that way. I mean, you, 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 he takes a lick and it keeps on ticking. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go.
1: That's right. Just like the ever-ready bunny. Well, these, are,
4: these, these issues are costing people just a fortune. And one of the reasons that they're being driven to these fix and flips and used homes is because the builders have pulled their horns back. They're not building. Uh, mm-hmm. Their economists are saying there is no market and that the market is going to cave in in 2019 and that it's thin even now. And you can see that from the statistics that are published almost every place in the U.S., all of the big places, the big five that were the booming cities of yesteryear have all pretty much slowed down. Uh, now, the the real estate community is telling you, as they always do, there's no better time to buy. Uh, but uh, what the market has dictated, what it's come to conclusion of, there's no better time than to sit. And so mm-hmm. that means there's very little inventory. And the only one that is there are the dumps that have been fixed up uh, and put out on the marketplace. And those are the ones you really have to watch out
1: for. Yeah, you know, the painted pig. Well, yeah. Now, and, you know, talking about the market for just a minute, you know, as far as, you know, the flips are going, it was, it was a little better, a little better, I uh, will say maybe several months ago, but it's starting to slow down where you, those flips, you, they're kind of hard to find right now. They're not as, uh, you know, prevalent as they were, you know, like maybe nine, ten months ago. So you've got it when you do get one, you've got to, you got to do it right. And I think that's the problem that you see with people. They turn around, and they They finally found one. And then again, who knows maybe they didn't they they were as you have to you have to have some kind of um uh, what's the word i'm looking for you have to be very uh diligent and uh make sure that you adhere to certain guidelines that you know always work instead of just trying to, you know you can't bend the rules like uh you know with a number with the numbers just to make it look well maybe if i do this i'll i'll it'll be okay you know like like uh, my good friend Charles always tells me, you know, with the stock market, hope is not a strategy. You can't hope <laughs> to turn around that you're going to make money if you start cutting corners.
2: The other thing you know? is, if that uh, particular property's been on the distressed market for an extended amount of time, there's a
4: reason. That's true. It's and right. Patience, patience is truly a virtue. And it, if you know what happens in buying a terrible home and the crisis, the legal mess, the contracting mess of trying to find contractors, some of whom will not even touch one that is in that bad a shape because if they do, they immediately have quote bought the farm. They're responsible for it then being conformed and especially taking over for a property that has been done by an unlicensed contractor. That is a, that is Mm -hmm. tricky for a good GC that's conscious of doing a good job and uh, of their administrative future before the ROC. (laughs) So uh, it, it, it's a quite a challenge. And if you, lose that patience and say I just gotta buy the markets drying up and you buy one of those you are in for one of the worst financial and emotional experiences of your entire life by the time you get done with the legal issues and the property you will not have made any money and it will be surprising if you hadn't spent and are now on the red by 75 to $100,000 with nothing to show for it but the experience of having gone (laughs) through it and the bitterness that it leaves behind most of which is not deductible depending upon what kind of an investor you are. Uh, Home losses are not a deductible item like ordinary income. So uh, there could be some terrible issues that just go on and on. So the patience is well, well benefited and paid for. And sometimes that patience means to say no, the power to say no. This isn't the market. I guess I'm going to go back and put it back in bonds and sit for a while, but I'm not going to, I just can't move right now. Not, 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 and buy something like that. I can't do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, again, it, I always say that's why we talk about it on the show all the time. It's not about the nuts and bolts of the house, it's how you get there that counts. And, and you've got to make sure that you've got, if you're an investor, you've got to make sure you've got a team of people that you can rely on because, it, you know, for people that go, you know, take their, you know, these celebrities come in for three days, hey, you know, teach you how to, uh, flip and fix a house in three days and this is the procedure and when they leave here's the phone number if you have problem call okay and really this for those first few that you're going to do you need a team that you can call on and and it's not just one person it's a it's it's a professional in a lot of the different categories that lead up to buying you know you got you got to make sure you got a good lender you got to make sure you've got a good home inspector you got to find that good licensed contractor you know to be able to go through all those things, and you, you, need, you just need to do that. You can't just blow through them. You know, I think that's part of the, that's part of the problem. And um, when people uh, get themselves in a ringer, I mean, I know one case once a few years ago, and uh, Jim, you'll love this. I mean, I get a phone call from the homeowner. Homeowner moved into this house that was flipped by an investor. and um, And again, I think there was something going on between, it's funny that you said this earlier with the realtor, the handyman they used, you know, and uh, all of a sudden he started, he was in the house about six months and he started noticing things happening cracks here, settling here, you know, um, literally, I, 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 what was it? I remember they had an issue. This was a real beauty. There was an issue in the drywall.
4: Was it deforming the frame because of the slab movement?
1: Uh, something was, yeah, but there's, this was on a, you know, well, that was some issues down in the, on the ground floor in the kitchen. But there was one thing that really just, like, put the icing on the cake. They noticed, this is, it's unbelievable. Just thinking about it, I see the picture of it. It's all coming back to me, okay? They noticed that in the, um, on the stair landing, going upstairs, the cleaner had gone through was cleaning the carpets because it was carpeted stairs. They noticed that the cleaner actually had hit one of the pieces of that two and a quarter inch, you know, colonial base Mm -hmm. molding. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like pieces fell off. And I'm like, what doesn't splinter like this? So, you know, I started doing, you know, so I, I opened the wall up and I pulled the, I pulled the carpet back. I take it out to find out, this is how cheap they got. They took a piece of colonial base molding that was on the stairs already, okay? There was apparently some water damage in the wall because there's water stain marks on the stud because I cut the drywall open. They took the base molding. Instead of going out and buying a new piece, they took it and they spackled it and put the grooves back in sanded it back and, to and, and, look and, and like, pu- and put it right back on the wall and painted it yeah. i'm like you've got to be kidding me the time that it took you to do that you could have gone to home depot and bought a piece and slapped it on the wall that,
4: that's, that's really i mean cheap.
1: that's to the extent this that's why i said you can't let just anybody do this and god who would i guess it who was, who was not watching him that day? I don't know. There had to be somebody who was supposed to watch him because this guy was an accident waiting to happen. Well, and when you see something like
4: that that is so far beyond the pale, huh. it, oh, it makes you start God. wondering about the rest of the place. Like, oh, that oh, definitely absolutely. wasn't done by anybody that knew what they were doing. No way. And certainly wasn't done by anybody you could even consider honest. So no. uh, what in the heck is it I'm not also not seeing in the rest of this property?
1: Yeah. But, oh, there's stuff that's going on there. at that point. Now, but here's the... F- Here's the sad story. The guy decided he was going to take, basically took everybody to court, okay? But it got to be the point where he just didn't have enough money to to continually pursuing the case. And then when it came down to the very end, I don't think he got what he was looking for. So he was still out of pocket to go fix these things that had to be done. And he went through all that grief for months.
4: That's unfortunately is something that's already calculated into the laws in the state of Arizona. Now, remember uh, some of these things I say are only true because I'm out in the trenches and have to see them. They're not things that many politicians are going to say, but I don't have to be one. I just have (laughs) to be someone who gets a remedy for my client. But I'm going to say that Arizona is not a consumer friendly state, No, not on real estate sales. It pretty much sits with the industry And certainly not on new builds. Uh, They typically sit with the builder's industry. And so in Arizona, they have changed the statutes significantly, which used to protect the consumer. The builder's lobby has changed them now to say that even if you prevail hands down in a dispute with your builder, you cannot get attorney's fees. You may not even get your expert costs, the expert that you paid that went out and found out what was wrong with this when the builder couldn't and came in and said, here's what's wrong with it, and convinced the trier of fact that you were absolutely right, and they should have taken care of it or done it better in the first place. So you win hands down. Let's say it's a a roof truss issue that by the time you find out about it, it's leaking all over the place. It's deformed all of the roof framing and the trusses, and they're all stained, and there's mold. Let's say it costs $125,000, fair market, to get that thing cleaned up. You can go in and win absolutely absolutely. And the judge says, you know what? You, you, I'm just amazed you even had to come here. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. The jury agrees. And you get your award. Well, but the point is, it costs you 75000 in attorney fees to get there and 25000 for your experts. So you're $100,000 upside down. A few years ago, you were awarded that money. Today, you just get your 125000 So you're already upside down on the repair because that was an honest one it would take to fix it. And you're going to get less than half that. Yeah. Even when you won... Hands down. Okay. So that's the problem. That's why even when you're trying these cases, you have to be a little more careful in how you handle it to try to fit the right statutes at the right time. But that is the un- very sad fact. And that's why many people go away mad at the lawyers when in fact, what they should be mad at is their legislature.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But you know, the, the only thing they could do is vent to the, the nearest person that had the contact and then unfortunately happened to be the attorney. Yeah. Well,
2: Steve, you and I also know another gentleman from the Ripoff Report. Oh, yeah. Review some of the people you're going to deal with. See if they're in that. That's a very interesting uh, website to be able to address as a consumer.
1: Yeah, you know, and then the other thing, too, you got to remember, too, if you go check these things, because, again, you know, they the joke about, you know, everything you read on the Internet is trash the truth. No, not really. You know, it's just, you know, cause anybody can post anything. I mean, look what they did with Wikipedia.
4: Yeah. Well, one of the things that's supposed to be, if you're represented by a real estate licensee, that's what you're paying the big money to. Remember the one that's getting the biggest bucks in the whole thing is your real estate licensee, mega, mega bucks. Right. And they're not just there to get you listed or stick a for sale sign out or to go into the multi-list as a buyer and find you a couple of properties that sound like what it is you're looking for. They've got due diligence duties that are probably 70% of what it was they were paid for years ago when that kind of system of selling and buying an agency was discovered and made part of the, uh, the system. So they used to be paid for the due diligence of getting the right people and having that sharp eye and saying, now, wait a minute, uh, for knowing, for instance, that it might be wise for them to even look on the builder's data sheet or to make a lookup in some of these places that may have resources that would help them evaluate the seller evaluate whether this property is properly permitted and a, and a good inspector that actually has something called equipment.
1: Um, (laughs) Yes. Equipment.
4: Yes. To come out and really look at it. Most of them more
2: than just a flashlight.
4: Yeah, it it is. And it's most, it's more than luck of the draw. So if, if they, if the licensees did their job and this is where I usually point, and that's one of the reasons I was going to say, I have to get creative with these sometimes. Like for instance, you sir paid 7% commission, and you put yourself in a system with all the safeguards that you let them, everybody do, inspectors and whatnot, who are there to do only one thing, to make sure that what happened didn't happen, and yet it did. So that means somebody in that system failed, and your primary candidate of that failure is your own real estate licensee. Sorry, yep. but they dropped the ball. They didn't pull up the carpets and look. I'm saying that philosophically. They didn't do the kind of tire-kicking that even the statute governing their licensure says they're supposed to do and that's why you're
1: here yeah that's true it's like my realtor is in deep trouble we're going looking at homes on saturday Mm-hmm. Right. She hasn't, she hasn't gone around. I could just she imagine around. being your realtor. Yeah, realtor <laughs> no. and, and I'm going oh, to be tire kicking everything. Uh, that's right. And I'm going to be looking at those things. And she'll say, I don't see anything. he says,
4: But you're not using this magnifying glass.
1: <laughs> and you, 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 You're using a 20 foot rule. That's why you can't see it. Let, let
4: me have my friend Dan come over
2: here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, one of the things that goes on is that they don't take the time to just look. Slow down. They're in such a rush for the transaction. They don't take time to think it through. And uh, like I find with licensees for the home inspectors, they're in a big hurry for that check. Slow down. It takes more time for us to go through them at their in a meeting with us than it does for them to do the inspection.
4: Yep. And, uh, you know, really the kind of person that should get into inspection should be the kind of person that's a detail-oriented person and a craftsman, one that admires craftsmanship and has typically had more experience than just the basic uh, BTR uh, qualifications, you know, of getting your state and your national uh, exams done and uh, your parallels done, you, there should be more to it. They should be a, it should be a passion because in a sense, the way the, that was created with home inspectors is they were supposed to be the one honest guy, the one qualified guy on the job that was out there at the site where everybody else was motivated to be corrupt to tell fibs because it's in their financial best interest to do that. But this guy was to come on that site almost like with a badge, like the, 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 the word of the law, and to try to look at things finally in a clear uh, eye and a s- experienced way with craftsmanship background to say this isn't right, that's not right. I know it says on the SPDS they fixed the laundry room. It's not. The baseboard's all bulging out and I've got a strong odor in there. You're going to have to look at that. And, and to have pride in doing that, not even necessarily I'm going to get rich doing it, uh, but pride in the fact that they're that good and to perfect themselves and get their tools. And unfortunately, that's not where a lot of those directions went. Now, there's very few, I'd say about 10 to 15 percent of the community of home inspectors are really that kind of person, the kind of person that you would want to inspect grandma's house.
1: Well, yeah. See, the other thing, too, like Dan, you know, goes into a home. Okay, and you were talking about tools before well there's one tool that Dan has that really a lot of other home inspectors don't have and that's a sniffer he sniffs mold out like you wouldn't believe <laughs> i mean just from breathing he'll walk in and he smells it like i'm out of here right, that's or even it. having mold, a, I'm done. something as simple as Color a moisture remediator. meter you, you know a moisture he, meter yeah, yeah uh,
4: even uh, guys that are cleaning roofs now have moisture meters uh, yeah and uh, it's just at one time, they were a really expensive device, but now they're down to 100 bucks yeah. for a pretty darn good one. Yeah. And I've talked with many uh, licensees uh, that are uh, BOTR registrants, rather, that are home inspectors, and asked them if they have such a thing. And they say, no, I, I don't want to have one of those. Wait a minute, you, you do realize what it is? <laughs> yes, I do. You don't have any dispute on its science. It actually finds water behind walls that you can't physically see. Well, that's true. You don't have one, why? Well, because if I did, it would raise my standard of care. I'm going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I had somebody turn around. We did remember a couple years ago. We did that infrared on that roof on a flat roof. Yeah. Okay. And then we showed the pictures. Ever and it was water layers underneath between the layers of the roof underneath the foam. See, I
2: identified it with the moisture meter where these blisters were so wonderfully popping up. Then, you know, once I identified it with that, then I, you know, I do believe in scientific method. Then I identify with the infrared, the areas I've already identified with the moisture meter. You know, I always double check myself.
1: Well, I think the problem with that Ah. homeowner, because, because that was in its early infancy days when it first came out, much like DNA testing was years ago, for you know, like when OJ was around, because I truly believe if they had, if DNA testing was an accepted practice back then, the, the jury would have yeah. found a different result and a verdict with his case. But the same with this is you turn around and he, he basically told Dan it was junk science. I mean, you know, mm. well, this, that can't be water. No, it's blue because I made it blue. No, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: know. Well, of course, it was uh, something that was even considered ultra-sensitive uh, military secret science for years. Yeah. And it, it was well developed. They were working with Fleur and the concept of forward-looking infrared right after World War II. And, and in so, the airplane,
2: when I was in the Air Force as a civil engineer, we'd have the pilots come over and we'd play with it. Right? And we found all sorts of nice things in our building. <laughs> oh, dang <laughs> it.
4: You, was you, fun. You foyer, you were looking in windows. Shame on you. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
2: actually, <laughs> the, the cracks around the windows. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, right. but, but the point was that science existed. And, of course, the naysayers against something as obvious as that are usually the bad guys. So I always know pretty quickly when I'm saying things like I have when I'm sitting around a table in a conference room, that the ones that are the loudest and protesting are usually the bad guys. They're the ones that benefit by duplicity and by fibs uh, and by not doing it the righteous and the honest way. But when you're talking about a home, somebody's major investment, the biggest one they're ever going to make in their lives, that they want to feel comfortable in emotionally and not have some attack taking place either outside or by the fact that it's crumbling around them to make their family secure and to put their money in a place that's safe and hopefully even have it appreciate over the years and get some of it or all of it back and maybe even make a little profit. That is the biggest and most important piece of their lives. And it ought to be treated like that. And that's care, care, care all the way down the list and capability and competence. And if it takes tools, yes, tools. And if it takes an hour on something, you hope take 15 minutes to look at it the right way, then an hour it is. And, and that's the kind of commitment that people ought to have because you should see what happens when you don't. Yeah. I represent people like that. Their family crumbles. When they're in the middle of a mess and their house is falling apart and thousands of dollars of crisis is coming, knocking on their doors, trying to collect for. they gotta get this fixed and the hot water heater exploded now and everything is wrong. These people become sick. Uh, you'll see the husband doesn't shave anymore, their marriage starts falling apart, their kids are distressed. It, it has social yeah. ramifications that are enormous. Absolutely. And nobody ought to have anything like that done to them.
1: Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap things up with Jim Eckley from Eckley & Associates right here. And hope that uh, you have it. we he haven't sorry. scared you away I'm sorry? <laughs> if I'm you want to, to do a fix and flip, no, but you I'm just sure. have to do it right. So uh, hang on. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
0: Chances are when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better.
1: Sun,
3: rain, and wind. Right Way Roofing knows Arizona and what it can do to your roof. From minor repairs to complete replacement, we've got you covered. Our state-of-the-art materials are designed to stand up to whatever Arizona dishes out. We offer a 15 to 30-year warranty, depending on your roof, so you know it's done right. Right Way Roofing. Call or go online now for your free estimate. Right Way Roofing. There's only one way, the right way.
0: Right Way Roofing. In the East Valley, call 480-232-5458. In the West Valley, 602-299-8851. Or go to azroof.com.
1: Hi, I'm John Weisbach, co-host of FYI Network's hit TV show, Tiny House Nation. Now, people all over the country are downsizing. The tiny homes are all the big rage. But remember, even tiny homes need repairs, and left unattended, those tiny problems become big problems. Don't let that happen to you. Know what makes your home tick. Listen every week to Image Home Improvement Live, Saturday mornings on the Double Wide Network. You didn't build that. <laughs> did you? <laughs> did you do that? That was a, that was one of the quotes from our former president. <laughs> We're talking about, I just walk in. That's what I say to certain people when they walk in and, they, and I look at something and I'm like, you didn't build that, did you? Or did you have somebody who was like, Unlicensed, where's or where's your permit? Uh, where's your permit? You know, I mean, are there it, any leaks? Any leaks? I mean, <laughs> or you take a
4: look at the stuck and Say, it's amazing what they can do with a popsicle stick these days,
5: <laughs> <laughs> or even duct tape, right?
1: <laughs> oh my God! Yes, duct tape, man's well,
4: best friend. Anybody that thinks duct tape is spelled
1: D-U-C-K tape should not be working on a property. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy though. But I've seen I've seen people. Don't get yourself duct tape. Oh, what's even worse on drywall repair, scotch tape over holes painted. Oh. Yeah, just that's, as bad that's a quickie. As,
2: that's as bad as Kelly's
4: toothpaste. Well, I think I had <laughs> Tooth- one that Yeah, might toothpaste has been
1: used. I've seen that. Uh, hole was fixed with
4: cream of wheat. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> By the way, what it was the crazy the was it worked. Yeah, <laughs> it's know, got somewhat, a good texture. Somewhat, to it, yeah, you know? It's got a texture.
3: <laughs> well, then you got to deal with the bug issue afterwards, right? <laughs>
1: oh my God! Oh, wow.
4: uh, but Yes, yeah, he was picking the raisins out of it that was the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! That le- <laughs> that that gives new meaning to the to the saying, eating in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't you
3: get that one? Of course I did. Okay, it's just, just... <laughs> check it. All
1: right. Anyway. <laughs> Come on, if Dan can have a few, I can have a few. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah, but he's a doctor.
1: <laughs> oh, well, you know, I've got I'm getting some initials put Jim's got to give me some initials to put after my name now too. So this way, you know, <laughs> I, I'll I say have,
3: I say uh, CSA. You know what that means? CSA? Chief Smart eh.
1: <laughs> i like that csa well okay well, well keep that. you know is that what what niche, well, is? well what that what meant
4: in the past was that you remember the confederate states of america uh oh. I, I don't know
3: or customer service associates yeah that's right yeah
2: well, but i feel sorry for realtors they go for crs can't remember shit
3: Oh! oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. He
3: almost got away with saying the word. So that's why I said eh. 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 Eh.
1: Well, there you go. All right. So anyway, but uh, you know, this is the problem I think with with all kinds of construction. You've got to be able. You got you got good people that really want to do something correctly. Other people, they just want to try and get away with it and get a paycheck. And I think that's what it all comes down to when you turn around and especially when you tie something like this if together, an investor needs to know, well, let's put it this way. Investors should have good morals. And I think they need to turn around and, and you know, I, I want to do this right because the person I'm selling this to, I want them to be proud of what they bought, And I don't think, you know, not everybody operates on that same mindset. I think, I think, that's, the, I think that's part of the problem.
4: Unfortunately, that's maybe even a social problem of our times, the, the non-empathy for the next guy down the line yeah. and the feeling that I'll get what's mine and the fact that I have to pry it out of your fingers is fine uh, or just this general feeling uh, that we're all separate units and we're not a society. We're no longer a community where we have to care and that we have reciprocal feelings back and forth of fair dealing that we should live by And uh, that old golden rule about treating others as you would be treated yourself, uh, that notion has seemed to have left us. And it wasn't there, uh, but very long ago, because I can recall it. And that was actually the golden era of law. That was when law flowered out uh, and started being worried about the little guy and taking care of everybody equally. And uh, Arizona at one time even followed those rules, similar similar to what California did. For instance, you wouldn't go into California and try to change a builder statute to make the builder immune from prosecution because if you did, you'd never be elected at anything again, and you'd have consumer unions of considerable size with signs out in front of your office going back and forth. Here, there is no such consumer lobby. Uh, There's not even an emphasis for one, and so the legislators go down in those smoke-filled rooms and pretty well do whatever they've been paid to do, and uh, you come out with issues where, the community that actually supports the state and makes it what it is—the buyers, the consumers of the world, whose checks drive everything—are being ripped off, and that is really unfortunate. That is a trend that has to f- start with bank being identified as wrong and immoral, in, in addition to and unethical, in addition to being not in the best interest of the state, uh, and then you go from there. But until you get to that point of feeling that way, till the public feels that that is a sense that they need to bring the legislature, There, it probably isn't going to happen because there's no sanction for not doing it right. The sanctions are pretty much being untoothed one after another. That's a crisis because think of this. Think of what happens. Does society have a vested interest in having stable homes that are properly built? Well, yes. I've seen neighborhoods where it wasn't. I've seen really bad neighborhoods with defunct builders who just tossed something up they over time they break all down no longer owner occupiers anymore now it's tenants uh, all the houses are ugly and nasty property values fall tax collections fall and social issues rise it's directly attributable so does a society have vested interest in having professionals do right professionally and taking it in the housing industry to build solid properties with no with minimum defects with good workmanship that lasts a long time absolutely yes it puts money in everybody's pocket
1: yeah I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a shame that we have to have these checks and balances that we have to keep doing. It's, it's necessary, unfortunately, because you can't always turn around. That's why you turn around and say when, like, for instance, we talk about Dan doing inspections on new builds. Well, that doesn't mean he can't do an inspection, you know, periodic inspection on remodels. I mean, if you are an investor, let's just say you are an investor that has no knowledge of construction at all. Okay, and you're relying on the people that you're hiring and maybe you have chosen the cheapest contractor to come in and do this. Okay. It would be a good idea, just you know, looking you know, at the big picture, to have somebody like Dan come in and, and just tell them monitor the, control. the progress That's for right. quality control. It does be, have to be. Because think about what think about what the we we're just talking about the ramifications. It goes into a, if, if it if the whole thing goes south. And you've got to go into a legal uh, situation and you're getting sued and it's ridiculous. Think of how many more thousands of dollars you're going to have to wind up spending than if you would have turned around and contracted uh, someone like Dan to go in and just monitor the progress to make sure that it was done correctly and then you're safe. And plus you've got Dan as somebody to fall back on. If somebody questions the repair, Dan inspected it so he could give you – he can give that new buyer – input i
4: I think most cases the probably one of the other innocent parties in these transactions that fail like that in addition to the buyer who just didn't know what he was getting thought he knew but turned out he would been uh, duped by everybody the other innocent party most of the time is the investor all he wanted to do was make some money he didn't purport to know anything about building houses and fixing and flipping he just puts up the money and and usually it's a real estate licensee or some other razzle dazzle person that's saying, "Don't worry, I'm going to put it all together for you. Don't worry about it. I've got a thing to worry about. Okay, okay, just slam back. I'll make you rich. You know what I mean?" Uh, and so he goes, "Well, golly, that sounds good." And his head's spinning around because he's tired of making a half a point on his savings account. And so he does it, and then the next thing he knows, there's a process server showing up the door, suing him for. Uh, uh, three hundred and ninety five thousand dollars rescission of the home and a million dollars penalty of damages and now uh he finds out the end result of relying on fast talkers and it's too late for him because it's gonna he's the only guy probably with money in the deal and right. he's gonna he's the one that's gonna take a terrible hit on that money and while he's in the litigation and being sued he can't get credit because he wants to just go down and buy his bins that he buys every year and they, Give him a little sheet, and question number 15 is, are you involved in any lawsuits or anything? And he goes, well, yeah. And then they say, well, how much is involved? A couple of million, but it's all wrong. I'm sure I'll win. And they say, <laughs> when you do, come on back and apply for credit. But at <laughs> yeah, this point, the answer yeah, is no. You're out. <laughs> and, and then you're labeled with that. Anybody that checks the county records, which people tend to do, sometimes the court records, it's all public record, uh, there you are out there looking like a terrible guy. And maybe you're not even a terrible guy. Uh, but the point is that record's going to be there for the balance of your life and your grandkids and so the point is even even when you 're exonerated, people never usually even get that far. they just see that there you are it 's like the doctors or something you see in the newspaper that they 're cited for uh, malpractice or inappropriate patient dealings and it 's never published again that they were completely exonerated. All you remember is that doctor got uh, cited for that, and uh, that 's the end of their career so this is not a good deal for the investor and he's got to invest. it all starts with him. If he refuses to fund things like that, unless he's got somebody like Dan or somebody helping him out or you, Steve, standing there, helping him at each stage of this thing uh, and asking all the right questions and, and uh, looking at every stage, unless he has somebody like that, he's really bare and he is going to get stripped at some point. It is going to
1: happen. Yeah. That's unbelievable. All right jim thanks so much for being here today i really appreciate you being uh th- the wealth of knowledge
4: love being here and you just keep calling me that okay uh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna raise my rates when i get back to the office no. it's okay. not just that steve but you've got probably the best show in town you really tell. oh it like well it
1: I, I appreciate that yeah, all right
3: that's it, Jim. Way to go to blow his ego up a
1: little. <laughs> <laughs> I kept my head out the door today. All right. And uh, Dan, thanks so much. I'm glad you're, I'm glad, you know, Dan Dan had a few issues yesterday, but, you know, he's uh, here today, I, I, bright I and escaped, shiny.
2: I escaped from the VA. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he escaped from the VA, so it's
1: Cut good. Cut the
2: band off my arm and ran. <laughs> you know, and uh, as
1: always, you know, we didn't get a chance to, you know, do the proper announcement at the beginning of the show, but we'd love to thank our illustrious and talented and beautiful Robin Cote. Hey! For manning and steering the show.
3: From behind the sneeze guard. Yeah,
1: from behind the sneeze guard. <laughs> All right, yeah, we want to remind everybody that in uh, in case you ever, ever thought about not listening to this program, resistance is futile. We'll see you next week.
4: You're a great American. I love you. Well, we're moving on, up, we're moving on up. to
5: the